The HR World Podcast. Finding the balance, transactional and transformative HR. Brought to you by Resource Solutions Group, in association with the HR World. Part of Resource Solutions Group, or RSG, the HR World is a premier peer support network for senior HR professionals. In March 2014, the HR World facilitated a roundtable debate led by the Global Director of Talent and OE at Reckitt Benkiza, Gillian Fox. The debate explored the differences between the administrative and the strategic side of HR, looking at future-proof ways of balancing the two to create a new breed of HR function and what it takes to manage an HR department like this. Forward by Gillian Fox, Global Director of Talent and OE at Reckitt Benkiza. When I was invited to lead the HR World debate, Mike Beasley, CEO at RSG, asked me to think about what made me really passionate about my role. My answer to this is always the same. Put simply, I want to help people and businesses grow and to be the best they can be. While I feel that this passion is key to achieving success in HR, over the course of my career, I've come to believe that perhaps another element plays an even more pivotal role in finding triumph in the industry, that of holding a strong business acumen and great leadership. The rare gems of people I have come across in the HR industry have all held in common a strong understanding of how their organisation works. However, all too often, HR people can stumble when asked the simple question, do you know how your business makes money? Thinking about my career so far, I have reflected on what various business leaders asked for from their HR departments. I remembered some common goals they had all referred to. Strategic HR, true business partnering, a seat at the table, And as I reflect on whether there is always a common understanding of what this means, and on the trade-offs required to move from a transactional HR function to a more strategic one, it didn't surprise me that a CEB study on HR operational efficiency found that while over 80% of the organisations studied had completed or were undergoing an HR transformation project, only 16% of completed projects were successful. When I joined Royal Bank of Scotland back in 2003, their HR function was the function to be in. It was cutting-edge, well-structured and resourced, the Ulrich model at its best. In contrast, I now find myself in a very transactional HR environment at Reckitt Benkiza. I considered the fact that although their HR was fantastic, RBS then went on to face a huge crisis in 2011, which they are still recovering from today. Yet RB, for all their transactional HR, continue to be a very successful company. For that reason, I can quite understand why business leaders at companies such as RB might challenge how strategic an HR function they would want. For me, the answer is that transactional models have taken us so far. A strategic model will sustain and build our success. It's the future-proofing piece. The question is, how will we do it? When thinking about how HR will develop and what it will look like in the future, I refer to a study by the Hay Group, 
which concludes that HR is on the cusp of change and will look radically different by 2030. However, just 28% of respondents surveyed felt that their HR practices were in a position to help them to deliver their organisational strategy. Interestingly, business acumen and innovation were deemed the universal competencies required for successful business partnering. So is the real problem here that we are facing a skills gap? How would we honestly rate our team's capabilities? Perhaps the debate surrounding reactive versus proactive HR is just a precursor to the wider debate of how HR will play a leading role in the transformation of organisations while simultaneously managing its own evolution. As much as I would like to say that the result of the HR world debate has been to provide the definitive holy grail of guides to implementing a successful HR strategy, of course this is not the case. However, what I can assure you is that the event brought to light the various experiences, insights and opinions of my peers who are collectively paving the way to a positively perceived, more effective HR. Learning from one another will play a fundamental part in how we evolve and shape the future of HR. And while you may be familiar with some of the methodologies and concepts outlined in this podcast, I hope you will come across some new ideas that will give you some food for thought on how you structure your HR now and in the future. Defining Transactional and Strategic HR There is a simple way of determining if your HR department is transactional or strategic. The answers provided by your senior business leaders and general workforce in response to the question, what is the role of the HR department, will provide you with all the insight you need. Unfortunately, as HR professionals, we will all too often hear replies along the lines of they manage payroll, they make sure that our business operates ethical practices, or they deal with absenteeism and sickness. Rarely will we hear that HR's purpose is to provide leadership or a unique perspective in order to drive the business forward, and consequently we tend to find ourselves in an environment where the perception of the HR function is limited to dealing solely with the implementation and administration of policies. So what do we need to do to move beyond this culture and to reposition ourselves as key players in business strategy? First of all, the concepts of transactional and strategic HR must be further defined. Although these instances can act as strong indicators of either a transactional or strategic HR function, there are more qualifying factors to transactional HR than dealing with general administration, and similarly, engaging with senior business leaders is only one facet of strategic HR. Transactional, reactive HR Transactional HR departments primarily revolve around the completion of administrative activities. While they may complete these activities in a somewhat strategic manner, so long as the focus is on administration, these HR departments will not see themselves at the executive table. Susan Quinn, author of From Reactive to Proactive, High Impact Strategic HR, suggests that the attitude of transactional HR departments will vary from being a friend and advocate for the employee to policing them with outright suspicion and distrust. Furthermore, 
While transactional HR teams will, at best, play a small part in helping the business to overcome short-term issues, they will ultimately fail to look at business problems that occur outside of their primary domain, and therefore will cut themselves off from being able to play a part in the future success and sustainability of their company. Strategic, proactive HR As defined by Quinn, a strategic HR department is one that is recognised by the organisation as being an important contributor to the company's future and is engaged in activities that will help to move the organisation forward. At a basic level, they will have at least progressed from simply being a people function to actively playing a part in the overall performance of the business. In addition, similar to other departments, the most strategic HR functions will also be driven by an experienced, motivational senior leader who reports to the CEO. Their teams will have structure so that administrative duties are dealt with by a dedicated team enabling other members of the HR function to be involved with strategic business discussions and to act as true business partners to the business leaders. As agreed by the guests at the HR World debate, perhaps the most important factor that differentiates a transformational HR department is that the leaders will have solid business acumen and agility and a thorough knowledge of how their organisation works at all levels. A new breed of HR leadership. HR departments are increasingly being told by business leaders that they need to be more strategic in order to become true business partners. However, as highlighted by Gillian Fox during the HR World debate, both parties tend to stumble when it comes to understanding how they should go about implementing the concept successfully in light of new demands on organisations, developments in digital media, the changing demographic of the working population and the convergence of different technologies, to name but a few. With the findings of a Hay Group study suggesting that HR will look radically different by 2030, both business leaders and HR professionals are now wondering what it is exactly that HR teams need to change in order to become more strategic. The HR sector has been described as being uniquely positioned to help organisations predict and navigate the challenges ahead. Yet the CIPD found that HR thought leadership predominantly resides in a very small number of influential hands, whilst most of the rest of HR is still operational and tactical in nature. So how does the rest of HR begin to evolve their purpose within their organisation? With the insights of the participants at the HR World debate, and as a result of further research, we have highlighted three key areas of HR leadership that need to be addressed in order for them to be redefined. Becoming a leader of change Throughout the debate, strong leadership was cited as being crucial to the success of a strategic HR function, with bold, innovative and knowledgeable being highlighted as some of the most essential qualities of any successful HR leader's personality. In support of this, the CIPD, in their report on Next Generation HR, similarly found that a new breed of HR leader is steadily emerging. Calling them an Omega personality, they described such leaders as being Alpha personalities which have arrived at ego maturity. 
These individuals were found to possess a subtlety and sophistication in the way that they encouraged more senior leaders to embrace new ideas. Able to engage in difficult conversations, they were not afraid of conflict or of challenging the status quo, and fellow colleagues were most likely to describe them as transparent, insightful and thought-provoking. Out of all the strengths and characteristics used as identifiers of a strong and inspirational HR leader during the debate, solid business acumen and the ability to speak the commercial language were deemed the most important. This led to the question, do HR leaders need to have experience in other areas of the business to succeed? Not necessarily. As illuminated by David Mason, Global Chief Operating Officer Resourcing at RBS, In order for them to contribute to driving a business forward, HR must always be built on good people who truly understand how their business works and who can engage with other leaders across the company. Matt Elliott, People Director at Virgin Money, noted that individuals who work in HR are business people. There should be no differentiation between them and the people who work in any other area of the business. Ultimately, Solid business acumen can be gained just as well in an HR department as any other. If this is not the case, then there is a fault within the HR department which must be resolved urgently. Insightful Conversations Being able to facilitate insightful conversations with both business leaders and the general workforce is a core skill of strategic HR departments which must be employed by senior members of the HR team at the very least. As one guest stated during the HR debate, the factor that differentiates HR from every other function is that our business is people. If you aren't facilitating the right conversations between people in the organisation, you won't deliver on everything else. If you have the right conversations with the right people at the right time, then you will be able to drive organisational effectiveness. This notion was also supported by Mel Misson, Vice President of Human Resources at Axiom, who highlighted that great managers will be talking to their staff every day, not just when they feel they need to tick a box. Having managers who can do that makes everyone's job easier. So what does an insightful conversation involve? The way conversations are handled and articulated is the key, as opposed to the actual content of the discussion. Good HR leaders should be able to challenge entrenched beliefs and methodologies with a real lightness of touch. Organisational knowledge and emotional intelligence will allow leaders to take control of conversations, to shape discussions and to mould opinions. Furthermore, the CIPD found that successful HR practitioners will often display humility when dealing with assertive leaders and as a result, their strategy tends to explore and stimulate rather than challenge or browbeat to get things done. A future-proof philosophy In her study on reactive and proactive HR, Susan Quinn found that the most strategic HR practitioners held a fundamentally different philosophy toward their work than their more transaction-orientated peers. Complete trust in employees and a belief that they want to excel in their jobs ensures that HR's motivation is to implement mechanisms that will allow the employees to develop, grow and contribute in the best way possible. 
Research conducted by the CIPD further supports this idea. They found that HR leaders who were providing breakthrough insight to their business also had a strong underlying sense of purpose and a connection to some fundamental values such as truth, respect or safety that act as an innate moral compass. Keeping these values at the core of how they make decisions for the HR department will ensure that HR leaders' focus looks beyond short-term issues and reaches to building a sustainable business model. It's important to note that in order to truly revolutionise the HR sector, leadership should comprise all three of the qualities mentioned so far. Inspirational leadership, the ability to hold insightful conversations, and championing a future-proof philosophy. While at present this will seem an idealistic concept to many businesses, it is possible. As Gillian Fox highlighted during the debate, the issue is not that it's impossible to find, to become or to develop a revolutionary HR leader, because it's not. The problem is that so far business leaders have rarely, if ever, been exposed to five-star HR leadership, and so, to all effects and purposes, they are not aware that it even exists. Our job is to show them, bit by bit, what great HR can really do. Finding the balance, reactive versus proactive HR. When discussing the implementation of strategic HR, business leaders often question how the transactional obligations should be dealt with. Of course, they cannot simply be brushed under the carpet. Administrative duties, such as organising the payroll, are a vital part of the business and will continue to be. However, it's important to be aware that a balance must be achieved between the transactional and strategic sides of HR. It has become all too easy for businesses to focus their HR on administrative tasks, which has led to them fading into the background. As suggested by a debate guest, HR departments have a tendency to overcomplicate administrative tasks, which is where they fall short. Therefore, in order to achieve balance, we need to keep it simple. As HR professionals, we do ourselves a disservice because we overcomplicate everything and then get caught up in that instead of concentrating on what will really make a difference. As suggested by the CIPD in the changing HR function, in order to reduce the ineffectiveness of HR's processes, some process engineering must be implemented. This will include cutting out duplication of tasks, exiting from those tasks where HR does not add value, streamlining processing by reducing handoffs and transferring work to others, better place to do it. This will lead to the development of a more process-light, insight-heavy HR strategy. It is becoming increasingly important for HR departments to recognise that they need to implement some level of structure in order to be truly strategic. Traditionally, HR teams have predominantly fallen into two categories. There are those who comprise a single team of generalists, specialists and administration combined, or there are those who adopt an approach such as the Ulrich model, where they incorporate centres of excellence and shared services. Perhaps surprisingly, the model chosen should not be the focus of strategic HR. First and foremost, it must be established that no one model is going to work for every business. Models and strategies that have found tremendous success in some companies will not work for every business. Therefore, HR leaders should take a flexible and pragmatic approach to organising their team. 
In the endeavour to balance both the reactive and proactive areas within the department, HR leaders should look to provide clarity on the roles that everyone in the team holds. To assist HR with this procedure, David Ulrich, founder of the Ulrich Model, provided a list of roles which can act as a framework when shaping the HR department. These roles include employee advocate, ensuring employer-employee relationships are of reciprocal value, functional expert, designing and delivering HR practices, human capital developer, building future workforce, strategic partner, helping line managers reach their goals, and HR leader, credible to own function and others. As was the case with the Ulrich model, which was proposed eight years prior to this framework, it should not be taken as a definitive guide when creating a successful HR team. Rather, the ideas it explores should be used to provide inspiration which can be built into a model and methodology that works for a business depending on its individual requirements. As the CIPD found in their paper, The Changing HR Function, HR leaders expressed a certain frustration with what they saw as a fixation with one particular model. They argued that HR's structure should reflect the business it is in and what the business customers want. Moreover, as suggested by Gillian Fox and numerous debate participants, the most successful HR departments will pick a structure and consistently tailor and adapt it to meet the changing needs of their organisation. In the Spotlight, the Ulrich Model Businesses' views of what constitutes best practice in HR are constantly fluctuating, yet the Ulrich Model, also known as the Three-Legged Model, has resiliently withstood the test of time. The model, named after the American academic David Ulrich, refers to an organisational structure that is designed to articulate how modern HR management can be segmented into three key areas shared HR services, HR centres of excellence, and HR business partners. As described by the CIPD in their fact sheet on HR business partnering, the three key elements of the model are shared services, a single, often relatively large unit that handles routine, transactional services across the business, such as recruitment administration, payroll and absence monitoring, with a view to providing low-cost, effective HR administration. Centres of excellence, usually small teams of HR professionals who have specialist knowledge of cutting-edge HR solutions. Their role is to deliver competitive business advantage via HR innovations in areas such as reward, learning, engagement and talent management. And HR business partners, senior HR professionals who work closely with business leaders usually embedded in a particular business unit, to influence the overall business strategy. Since its official introduction in 1997, the Ulrich model has been surrounded by considerable and continual debate regarding its pros and cons. While its clear benefits include allowing HR functions to become more efficient and to become strategic players within a business, many HR leaders remain sceptical that it is the right way forward. At the HR World debate, Orla Hunt, Group HR Director at AIB, highlighted one problem with the Ulrich model, in that it has a tendency to compartmentalise areas of HR. 
The trick for a great HR function is to be able to collaborate effectively across all areas. This increases the chances of designing the best solutions and allows the function to look truly joined up to customers. Similarly, a number of guests commented that the model can create silos within the HR function and that there is some overlap between these three segments. For example, a centre of excellence's role is to deal with complex employee-related issues. However, business partners often face very challenging employee relations issues too. Despite the challenges it presents, it is apparent that implementation of the Ulrich model continues to increase. According to a survey on HR's outlook conducted by the CIPD in 2012, 28% of participants revealed that they work in a three-legged structure, compared to 22% of those surveyed in 2010. In addition, nearly 40% of survey participants at large organisations described their HR structure as being a three-legged model which includes business partners, specialists and shared services. Among small and medium-sized organisations with less than 250 employees, a single HR team with generalists, specialists and administration all together was the most common structure. The survey also found that public sector organisations were significantly more likely to adopt the Ulrich model than private sector companies. While many HR leaders debate how the Ulrich model should be interpreted and utilised, there are numerous companies who have implemented the model as a foundation upon which they can build and tailor their own HR structure. As Kate Banks, Group HR Director at Brightside Group and the HR World guest suggested, ultimately, business leaders simply want an HR model that works for their business. They are not interested in this model or that model, as long as it is flexible and suits the business. This sentiment was also reflected by the findings of the CIPD survey, which concluded that a one-size-fits-all approach will not work. While the Ulrich model is useful, as an HR professional, you must adapt it to your circumstances. Ulrich himself has supported the notion that business models should not be taken as definitive templates and that they cannot be applied to all businesses in the same way. In an interview with Personnel Today, he responded to critics of the Ulrich model, stating that poor implementation and lack of understanding had let the model down, before going on to suggest that many practitioners have rushed into implementing the model without properly considering whether it met the needs of the business first. The Secret to Future-Proof HR Throughout the debate, it became clear that even if an HR department meets all of the criteria we have listed in this podcast so far, it will remain difficult for them to achieve success if they don't have the support or buy-in of the business's stakeholders. Achieving this can often be one of the most difficult challenges an HR leader will have to overcome when they begin to instigate change in the HR department. However, it is an essential part of ensuring future sustainable success for the business. As the CIPD noted in their report on Next Generation HR, where a CEO has a broader expectation of what HR's contribution could be, and this is matched by an HR leader who can step up and offer more than the sum of the activities that have always been done, it creates a real enabler to repositioning the function. Throughout our research, we found that numerous HRDs had refrained from embarking on introducing significant changes 
until they were under new management. Fortunately, they had found themselves in a situation where new CEOs embraced and fully understood the concept of strategic HR, and subsequently, they were able to support and drive HR's initiatives from the top down. However, this will not be the case for all HR leaders. It is more likely that at some point they will have to gradually persuade and demonstrate to stakeholders how strategic HR will help them. This is where it becomes clear just how important a part strong leadership will play in the success of HR in the future. As Mel Misson succinctly pointed out during the debate, as a senior HR leader, if you aren't confident enough or strong enough to say your piece and get your point across, then ultimately you shouldn't be in that role. Further research conducted by Income Data Services also found that working closely with line managers to gain their support is important. They found that many of the organisations surveyed had devoted considerable time and resources to making the business case for the transformation and getting all the stakeholder groups on board. In some cases, that meant involving line managers in the design of the transformed HR function, while in others, extensive consultations with HR staff, users of their services and senior managers were used to achieve stakeholder buy-in. This notion also found support in the results from the CIPD's study, Next Generation HR. However, in addition to finding that the most successful organisations had HR leaders who were working closely with both stakeholders and line managers, they also found that HR played a key role in coaching and challenging those individuals, particularly where they were not behaving in a way that creates the right environment inside the organisation. They concluded that in order for HR departments to play a successful and strategic role in the business, it is important that mutual respect, challenge and partnership between HR and the business exist at all levels of an organisation. Conclusion by Mike Beasley, CEO at RSG In life, we will all too often adopt a well-used methodology, belief or practice, despite instinctively knowing that it is wrong, typically because we are afraid of the mistakes that will invariably be made by trying something new. Unfortunately, I fear that this attitude often perpetuates the use of poor strategy or compounds failing practices. For example, on a number of occasions I have found myself advising HR departments on their talent management strategy and suggesting a bespoke solution that will help them to reach their business goals. However, they have often been ignored in favour of more traditional strategies or because they did not meet the current organisational practices. It's a shame because I would have loved to have known what unexpected, positive results could have been achieved if the formulaic approach had been abandoned. Following the HR World debate, it would seem that the most important factor that differentiates transformational HR from its transactional counterpart is leadership. Solid business acumen and agility will without doubt allow individuals to gain the trust and support of their senior management teams and the buy-in of stakeholders which is crucial if they are to accomplish a truly strategic business partnership. It seems to me that in order to be a great strategist, you should certainly learn from past experiences and consider established theories. However, it is equally important, if not more so, to be flexible with your approach and not to be afraid of trying something new. After all, 
HR is about people, and we should encourage the type of innovation that is brought about by basic human behavior. Ultimately, we should not be afraid to make mistakes. While they are almost always regrettable, mistakes can provide you with wonderful opportunities to learn and improve. If the fear of making a mistake inhibits the desire to create something more successful, people will end up doing nothing. As Einstein succinctly put it, a person who never made a mistake never tried anything new. Thank you for listening. If you would like to get involved, simply visit www.thehrworld.co.uk or contact Caroline Beer, Business Manager for the HR World, on 0777 213 6284.